Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 106 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il, and it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening or participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Uh, now, this podcast is for anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam or if you're thinking about becoming a Muslim or if you just became a Muslim or if you've been a Muslim all of your life and just want to learn more about Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. Uh, now, with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. And today's topic, we will, inshallah, conclude the series of the jinn. You know, we've been talking about uh, the series of the, of the jinn for, you know, uh, a couple of episodes now. We've learned everything that, you know, we needed to learn about them, alhamdulillah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the Qur'an and the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. And what's left is this final piece of how can we fight against the evil jinn. Now, we know about the good jinn, and again, there's not much that we learned about the, you know, the good jinn and the Muslim and the believer jinn. Uh, because again, at the end of the day, we need to be aware or, or we need to be careful, uh, you know, and, and, and we need to watch out for the, the evil jinn. Those are the ones who want us to go to hellfire. Those are the ones who, you know, want to harm us. Those are, are the ones who are plotting against us. The good jinn are good jinn, alhamdulillah. But, and, and again, we learned as much as we can about them and we learned everything that Allah told us and the Prophet ﷺ told us about them. And that was it. But I, if, if you guys noticed that, that the majority of our, uh, you know, uh, conversations and topics and pointers are about the evil jinn because that's what we need to watch out for. And uh, so to, to be able to, before we, we talk about the methods and how can we fight against them, we need to revisit and even in a more detail, I know I mentioned this before, which is like the methods of, 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 of Satan and his followers against us. I, I know we had a whole episode about this, but actually I want to take it from a different aspect. So you will hear certain familiar stuff, stuff that I said before, but there's there will be a new spin on it in, in, in the light of today's topic, right? So we need to know the plan first. Their plan against us, what they're trying to do against us, so we can fight back, right? So one of the things that are clear and obvious, Shaitan will never come to you directly and be like, "Yeah, you need to sin because I want you to go to hellfire." That doesn't happen. Shaitan is not gonna come and reveal his plans, you know, and 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 basically tell you, "Hey, here's what I want you to do." No, what happens is they come and they mask their uh plan or whatever they're whispering uh or their temptations they they mask it and this is something critical that we talked about last time and we said that you know one of his methods is to make falsehood appear to be attractive to make purity the, the opposite to make purity appear to be ugly and resentful you know so for example and we mentioned this but i'm gonna again these i'm gonna say certain new details it's not gonna be the same uh, like we mentioned before there will be some more more points and bullet points about this so for example you know when 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 satan went to adam and eve to basically convince them to eat from the tree in in, in paradise he didn't tell them hey go and disobey allah's commands because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them here's the thing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them to not eat from the tree and be careful you know someone might come and try to basically you know um tempt you to eat from it so don't eat from it now the reason why adam believed satan and adam and eve believed satan because they were literally born yesterday since you know by the time this happened because they were naive they didn't know any better they still disobeyed allah's command and that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know uh took him out of of paradise but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like we always say accepted their repentance now Satan didn't, like I said, didn't go and tell them, hey, Allah told you to do this, forget about it, just do it anyway. Or uh, commit the sin, disobey Allah's commands. That that never happened. That was never the case. So what did Satan say? This is actually mentioned in the chapter of Taha, verse number 122. 
فوسوس إليه الشيطان قال يا آدم هل أدلك على شجرة الخلد basically Satan went to Adam and he said oh Adam should I tell you where is the tree of immortality look at do you see do you see what he did here number one this tree the the because and and here's another thing we don't know if Adam ate an apple or not because I know a lot of people are convinced that what Adam ate was an apple that's never actually mentioned in the Quran this is like a trivia thing for you guys it's just mentioned that there was some fruit from a tree what was that fruit we have no clue what did Adam and Eve eat from the tree no clue so the whole other uh, you know Adam's apple and and he ate from the apple we don't if, uh, you know an apple from the tree we don't even know if it was an apple in the first place the word apple or the the identification of the fruit was never mentioned before i mean in, in the quran nor the sunnah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them do not eat from the fruits of this tree do not even come near it so allah was very clear do not even come near this tree you have the entire paradise for you just don't come near this tree don't eat from it don't do anything near it don't come near it not even eating from it. Do you understand? So now Satan is plotting because by the time, the, why would Satan do this? Because remember, Satan was punished for not um, uh, wanting or for not uh, following Allah's commands in terms of prostrating to Adam. So Allah punished Satan because he's complete. But he said no to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unlike Adam, Adam was strict into eating food. Do you see the difference here? Satan straight up said no. Adam was strict. Now, uh, 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 Satan came and he's like, okay, how can I get Adam and Eve close to that tree? Allah straight up told them, do not come near the tree. So he went to him. And again, uh, Adam does not know the, what happened. Uh, Adam is naive. He doesn't know that Satan is trying to get him, right? So he basically told him, hey, do you want to hear about this tree of immortality? This is again in the Quran. Uh, basically and, and if you eat from this tree look at this you will never die you will always be immortal you know you will you will actually you know have a great dominion you will be a malak you will become an angel and it's again beautifying and he didn't say go eat from it or he didn't say go near it. he said do you want me to tell you about the, the, the this tree that it's basically the tree of immortality? Let me explain to you why it's called that. And again, beautifying something that Allah said, no, don't come near it. And that's one of his message, methods that basically he uses and him and his followers, they use against us. They don't come and be like, hey, do you, you know, for example, if, if, if they want you to commit any sin, like for example, uh, I don't know, commit adultery, right? They don't say you want to do this filthy, hated thing by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be despised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do something that's disgusting and degrading and all these things. No. You know, oh, you want to be with that person. Oh, that person is very beautiful, very attractive, blah, blah, blah. And then you do it. Again, shaitan will never come to you and tell you the reality of things. If they want you to sin, you know, when, when, when they come to try to make you steal money. Right, you know, being a thief basically, they don't be like, yeah, go take money from those innocent people and and rob them and and you know ruin their lives. No, never. You need this money. You need to fight for it. You know, you need to take this money. It's your right. The government, for example, I'm I'm just taking one example. You know, the government has betrayed you. There's no jobs, no nothing, and you need to go steal some money. You need to do it, you know. Those people don't deserve that money, and things like that. You know, it's, again, and we are people who, with weak faith, will be, will believe him. We'll believe him, be like, yeah. And again, it's on us to believe him or not. That's why Allah punishes us. They will be punished for doing that as well. Evil jinn will be punished for trying to tempt us. You know, it's not like it's only us who will be punished. No, evil jinn, chayateen, will be punished. For trying, to, whether we listen to them or not, they are trying to tempt us to commit sins. Do you understand? So, so that is that is one thing. You know, Shaitan comes to us, tries to beautify the sin, makes it look more appealing, so we can commit it without any, you know, any hesitation. He actually even told Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in the chapter of Hajar or Hujr, uh, verse number thirty-nine. قال رب بما أغويتني لأزين لهما في الأرض ولا أغوينهما أجمعين. So basically he's telling Allah, Oh Allah, 
I will prove to you that, and again, remember Satan blamed him being kicked out of Jannah on Allah. Oh Allah, you manipulated me. Astaghfirullah. He's saying that. Oh Allah, I mean, Allah didn't, Allah created Adam. He refused to prostrate to Adam. He refused a direct command from Allah. So that he, he disbelieved because he never repented. And instead of repenting like Adam did, he's like, oh Allah, you tempted me. You know, you, you, you tricked me when you created Adam. What? How does creating Adam, again, we know that creating Adam uh, was a, 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 also a, a test for shaitan. And shaitan was a test for Adam. So they both were tests for each other. But the purpose of creating Adam was not to test shaitan. You know that. Asking shaitan or Satan to prostrate to Adam was a test to shaitan. Obviously, it was not a trick to test his faith. Same as Adam. Not listening to uh, or listening to Satan was also a test for his faith. Now, he failed, but it shows you, even though Adam failed, he repented and Allah accepted it. If Satan repented, Allah would have accepted it. Because Allah accepts all repentance. But instead he said, oh Allah, you tricked me. It's a test. There's no trick in a test. Do you understand? Us going through tests, us, us, us being tempted on earth is not a trick by Allah. Allah is telling you, I'm testing you. Do you understand? That was never a trick. So anyway, instead of repenting, he goes to Allah. Oh Allah, because you tempted me, I'm going to show you their true colors. Talking about humans. Adam and his progeny. Look, look, look. This is in the chapter. I will beautify the sins for them. I will tempt them. You know? So beautifying this, the sin, you know, is, 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 is basically the way of temptation. That's how he tempts us. Like I said, he cannot tempt us with something that's basically raw footage, raw, you know, version of things. No, he has to beautify it and put it through filters and whatever you want to call it. And it's easier to tempt us when we believe in what we're doing, right? So for example, and, and like I said, and we mentioned this in, in, in before, shaitan changes the names of certain sins to beautify them. Like for example, showing your skin, you know, showing skin for ladies and for men, you know, below the aura, right? Below the, the part that they should cover. Like showing your body in, and, and, and showing off your body to the public and people who are not, you know, not in, in like not your spouses, basically. People call it fashion. Oh, this is fashion, right? One of the words is, yeah, this is fashion, right? And, uh, and here's the biggest proof that actually showing skin is such a humiliation for mankind. Look at this. When uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is the chapter of Araf, verse number 20. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, So basically Allah is saying, when shaitan, uh, Satan whispered to them and tried to tempt them to eat from the tree, once they ate from the tree, what happened? They were clothed, right? So they were, they were, they were covered. Once they ate from the tree, as a direct result of their disobeying Allah, their cover were, fell off. Whatever the you want to call it, large leaves or whatever the clothing that they had on fell off. This is in the Quran, right? And 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 look at this. He wanted to, one of his goals not to just kick him out of Jannah, to also humiliate them. So somehow Satan knew that when they are humiliated, they won't be clothed anymore. They won't be wearing anything. So he wanted to humiliate them. This is in the Quran. You know, so they were basically naked. They were not dressed. And it shows that the natural instinct of a human being is to be clothed. Look, it, when you hear about this, it, when you when you read this verse, it, th this is clearly a punishment, a, a form of punishment for them to be naked. Can you imagine? In today's world, the more skin you show, the more beautiful supposedly you are, Right? The more skin you show, the more popular you get. And it's a messed up world that we live in right now, but is it is reality. And unfortunately, some of the Muslim sisters, they indulge in that. Some of the Muslim brothers, they also like to show up their bodies in a non-halal way. So my point is, it's, look back at Adam and Eve, our parents. These are our parents. They're uh, basically, they becoming naked was a result of them disobeying Allah. Can you imagine the logic? Right? 
So, and by the way, as soon as Adam and Eve were uh, unclothed, they started running to grab whatever the leaves, like leaves uh, uh, like from the trees or whatever, to cover themselves. Their basic instinct is to cover their bodies. You have to understand, these were the only two, there's like these were the only two humans, right? Adam and Eve, the first humans. So there's nobody that they are embarrassed of. It's not like there were other humans. It's not like there were people gathering around them or people watching them. There was nobody else but them, except for angels, and angels are not humans. They don't care, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Satan. So there were no other humans. Still, their basic instinct was to cover themselves. They ran and they started gathering leaves to basically cover their bodies. Look at today's world and do the comparison. It's just, it's we, wallahi. And, and, and inshallah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make an episode, probably the next episode, to uh, address certain things about today's culture. Uh, and, and, and it feels like going against nature and our basic instinct is, uh, is the trend. And it's the thing that everybody apparently does now. Like everybody is going against nature. Like I said, people wake up and they say, we're not the gender that we want to be. I think we are the other gender. Or people who, you know, men are supposed to be with women. They say, well, I'm not very happy with that. I think men should be with men and women should be with women. Or if you speak against that, basically, you are the weird one. You know, right now on social media, whatever, if you speak against certain groups, you are, you know, a bigot and you are. And again, I don't want to get political, but it's the world we live in. And it shows you that the basic instinct, look, Adam and Eve, man and a woman, clothed. And when they were naked for, as a punishment, the first thing they did was to run and look for leaves to cover their bodies. Where are we from this? May Allah, you know, help us all. But anyway. Moving on. One, um, you know, other forms of him, uh, shaitan or Satan, changing, you know, the names of sins is like smoking, drinking alcohol, is socializing. I'm socializing. You know, I'm, I'm only socially smoking. I'm only socially drinking. MashaAllah, I'm beautiful. Usury, interest, like we said before. Homosexuality. An adultery becomes love. Love making. Uh, you know, being happy. Pride. You know, we have Pride Month. Great. Like, it's, 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 it's very interesting. If you think about it, it's, it's all becoming something beautiful. You know, you cannot love is love, right? You cannot stop love. We're talking about homosexuality and adultery as well. Vulgarity becomes the freedom of speech. People can say whatever they want, insult other people, curse them out, and it's under the banner of freedom of speech. Something like pornography or, you know, very inappropriate music becomes entertainment or even becomes a form of art you know some people would be like like i remember there were like some movies coming out and they were very vulgar and 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 very you know inappropriate and they're like well that's the form of art that's how the artists want or, or even like you know paintings of naked people doing really inappropriate things and again it's art you understand? It's it's just it's unbelievable, right? And it, subhanAllah, it's like it's an ad campaign for sinning. Think about it. Like, wallahi, I think Satan is doing a, a wonderful job. You know, studios uh, should hire Satan to do their ad campaigns and, 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 and politicians should hire him because he's doing a great job of beautifying and, and you know, promoting sin and people are eating it up. You know, if, if a studio hires Satan to promote their movies, he's going to do a great job because we're falling for it, right? Everything. And you'll find Muslims agreeing with this. You'll find Muslims say, well, it is art. Well, it is freedom. It's a free, you know, country. You know, it's a freedom of speech. Nobody's denying freedom in terms of freedom of speech when it's appropriate. You can say whatever you want, whatever you want. And I'm assuming in certain countries, of course, whatever you want. As long as you are being respectful. Being disrespectful should not be the freedom of speech. That should be hate speech, right? And so forth. And we can talk about this for subhanAllah, like for hours will lie. Like it's and, and, and we'll talk about it inshallah. But anyway, now he also does the opposite when it comes to purity. 
when it comes to doing good deeds. He makes it look like it's resentful. He makes it look like it's ugly. Like, for example, wearing hijab. Oppression. Oppression. Growing your beard. You're a terrorist just for growing your beard and praying five times a day and saying Allahu Akbar, right? Isn't that what we see in the media? You know, people who are religious, who want to observe Allah's commands and the commands of the Prophet ﷺ, close-minded, extremists. Now, don't get me wrong. There are extremists. And I'm not talking about these people. I'm talking about people who are religious, who say, let's pray five times a day, who say that um, a man and a woman should have um, a relationship in terms of marriage, no dating, no playing weird games. You know, uh, we shouldn't watch inappropriate stuff. They are called close-minded. Those people are called, and who is doing that? It's Satan who, you know, launched these terms. You know, they're called being extreme, being conservatives, tight people, and, and so forth. Uh, being nice to your spouse is called weakness. Don't be weak. Listening to your spouse all the time, whether a male or a female. Oh, you're weak. Oh, my God. You know, do you help out at home for, like, guys? Do you help out at home? Oh, my Lord. You know, for, for women, do you always listen to your husband? Oh, that's that's weak. And, and I'm not saying that this is everybody, but this is the norm for a lot of people. You know, avoiding a fight. You're a coward. You're a chicken. You can't, you, you, you can't handle a fight, even though you are capable of fighting. But to follow the sunnah, avoid a fight, right? No, you're a coward. And again, you can measure on that a lot of things. A lot of things. SubhanAllah. Again, beautifying the sins and uh, 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 basically uh, you know, ruining the image of, of good deeds. So that is number one. Number two is negligence or exaggeration. So negligence is if you are lazy, for example. Every command that was given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shaitan goes about it one of two ways. Right, so, so like we said, Shaitan knows what's in your heart from your actions. Right, Shaitan knows what you, what you're trying to do. So, if you are lazy, if you are lazy, right, he comes to you from the negligence part. If you are serious, he comes to you from the exaggeration. Let's let's take an example. Let's compare both. For example, when it comes to praying, if you're lazy, Shaitan comes in and be like, you know what, you don't have to pray now. You can wait a little bit. You can wait a little bit. You know, you still can make it. As long as, you know, the, the next, uh, you know, salah didn't come, you still can make it, man. You have that window. You have freedom. Now, when it comes to being serious, now, this is when you're lazy. Shaitan comes and makes you, you know, gives you that negligence. He wants you to ignore it, basically. When you are serious, look at this. Uh, you pray. And then because you are so serious about your salah, Shaitan makes you wonder. Did I pray two rakahs or only one? That happens to a lot of us, actually. Oh my God, let me repeat that one. Let me repeat one just in case. And that happens a lot. And, and the reason why Shaitan wants you to do this is for you to be exhausted of repeating yourself and eventually not praying at all. Right? So again, if you're serious, Shaitan makes you doubt yourself. Exaggerate. Did I make wudu? properly did i do my nose you know before my my arms or did i do my arms before oh my i have to repeat my wudu i have to repeat it i forgot and again it's out of and that's why there is you know like for example uh, uh when you if you when it comes to wudu if you remember that you made wudu and you don't remember that you lost your wudu act like you have wudu again if you do not remember if you made wudu and then you prayed and then you're waiting for the next prayer and let's say that you lost it, but you don't remember at all. You do not recall at all that you lost your wudu. It's okay. Act uh, uh, based on what you remember. Do you understand? If you remember, of course, that you lost your wudu, then there is no way you have to redo your wudu. Do you understand the ruling here? If you remember making wudu and you do not remember losing it, then go ahead and uh, pray like as if you have wudu. Whether you don't or not, Allah understands. But if you do not remember... That, uh, I mean, but if you uh, 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 remember that you lost your wudu, then for sure you have to redo your wudu. But that, again, these are the games that shaitan plays on us, you know, and, and, and again, it works on many of us. Unfortunately, it does. Another uh, tool that he uses against us is the word, I will. 
you know, uh, and this is actually one of his greatest tools. We mentioned this before, you know, because it, it it's this is targeted towards actually those who want to do good. Only those who want to do good, right? If you're a bad person and you're trying to be better, that's you want to still you want to do good, right? So you always say, "I will do this." Inshallah, I'll be better. You know what? This is the last time I'm going to do this. But inshallah, starting tomorrow, I will do this. And Shaitan keeps wants you to postpone again, and we mentioned this before, hoping that you would die before you fulfill that I will promise that you promise yourself. Right? And then if tomorrow comes, you're going to be like, mm, you know what? One more, like inshallah, one more day. I'm going to start praying inshallah tomorrow. Today, it's been a busy day. You know, I was really exhausted and all these things. So tomorrow, inshallah, I'm going to start praying. Tomorrow, I'm going to start, you know, uh, uh, doing, you know, paying my charity. I'm going to calculate my my savings and inshallah tomorrow. Oh, my God, tomorrow comes. You have a very busy day. You know, you had an exhausting day at work. Ah, my God, I'm so tired. Let me, let me inshallah, do it tomorrow. I, I promise, you know, and, and that's you. Tr- you basically you lie to yourself. The word I will that he makes you use you, 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 if you are really have, if you really have the will, no pun intended here. If you have the will to do something, you're not gonna say I will. You do it, right? I'm gonna do it later, 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 later. I'm gonna put it on my my calendar. None of that works. For the most part, of course, it works sometimes. And we're not talking about the minority here. We're not. We're talking about like you know the majority of the time, people just end up like, especially when it comes to paying charity. Like Shaitan comes and be like, you, you really need that money. Are you really going to pay now? How about when you get out of, you know, uh, the, this tough situation, inshallah, you can pay it. Like Shaitan actually plays that game with you because he knows you too well. He knows all of us too well. Their sole job is to sit down, watch us. We can't see them, right? They watch our behavior and they know what we're doing. They understand us better sometimes than we understand ourselves, unfortunately. And that is the sad reality. And, and think about this. Not even for Muslims. How many Muslim, how many people wanted to become Muslims and they said, you know what, let me let me study more about Islam. Now, studying about Islam is not a bad thing. But if you're, if you're convinced, shaitan always comes to you and casts doubt. You know what, just wait, wait. You need to learn about this area first. Oh, whatever your family will do, just prepare. And I remember we had an episode with, you know, uh, one of our listeners who, you know, uh, wanted to become a Muslim, but she was, you know, worried about family and, and, and how people would react and, and, and her routine and her lifestyle would change. That's shaitan. Comes to be like, yeah, you can wait. You can wait, you know, come on. You, you don't worry, you're going to become a Muslim. Just wait a little bit so you can, you know, handle things and prepare for that. Again, it's his, one of his greatest tools. Here's another sad reality. Humans by nature are hasty. We are hasty creatures. And this is proven actually in the Quran and in the Sunnah. The Prophet was telling us a story when Adam was first created, right? So Allah was creating Adam, like I said, with his bare hands. And then uh, when, when Adam was created, he was just a body without a soul. Right, and then uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala blew the soul in Adam's body. So the soul came in and and went into the body from the nose, and that's why the first thing that Adam did, the first action, we talk, I think we said this. I forgot which episode it was a while ago, but the first action, again, another trivia question here. What was the first action that Adam, peace be upon him, did? Sneezing. Adam actually, the first thing he did was sneezing because the soul went from his nose. So he sneezed and then the angel said basically something like, bless you, Alhamdulillah, oh Allah have mercy on you. Uh, and Allah said, Alhamdulillah, uh, basically Allah saying to Adam, Allah, uh, 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 may Allah have mercy on you. Allah himself is telling him that, you know, after he said Alhamdulillah. Uh, and basically, uh, 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 and then the, the soul was literally slowly going into his body. So his body was getting alive piece by piece. Imagine it like that. Then before the soul reaches Adam's legs, he tried to move and he fell. Again, he was not even up, but he tried to get up using his hand and then he thought he could fully, you know, walk. But then he fell because, again, his his, his legs were not alive yet. And Allah said what? خُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ مِنْ عَجَلٍ Oh, mankind. Look Allah's remarks here. You were made out of hastiness. You are hasty. You are a hasty race. You know, subhanAllah, Allah knows us. 
We are hasty. But unfortunately, we are very hasty when it comes to the matter of this life. We want to do everything really fast. We want to have a we want to get married, you know, we want to have a, a career, we want to have a family, we want to have the biggest home, we want to have the best cars, we want to do it ASAP. But when it comes to the hereafter, we take our time. We take our time. Oh, inshallah next time, inshallah tomorrow, inshallah I will do this, I will, I will, I will. You know, we take our slow, very long time. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what? And Allah is actually commanding us to do the opposite. So in the chapter of Mulk, verse number 15, Allah is saying, Allah created this world for you. So walk on earth. Walk. Famshu meaning walk slowly, steadily. And eat from Allah's fruits, meaning from the trees and the plants. You know, from Allah's blessings. Enjoy life, but while walking, be very, you know, rational. Be very steady. Be very, take your time. Famshu, walk slowly. Look what Allah say about the hereafter. Surat Ala Imran, the chapter of Ala Imran, verse number 133. Allah saying, speed up, race to obtain Allah's forgiveness so it can benefit you in the hereafter. Sari'u, race. Race to obtain Allah's forgiveness, to get to do good deeds. Race. Rush, because you might die any time. So Allah's telling us, speed up when it comes to the hereafter and slow down when it comes to this life. But what do we do? Again, we do the opposite. When it comes to this life, we want to, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. We're rushing things. But when it comes to the hereafter, inshallah, we'll take our time. We'll, we'll do it, inshallah. You know, and, and again, it's, it's, it's taking our time is good. Taking our time is good. But when it comes to the hereafter, to obtaining good deeds, to do good things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want us to do, taking our time is not a good thing. Rush. As long as you know what you're doing is, is, is definitely the right thing, do not think twice. Because again, you'll never know when you're going to die. And that's one of the things. We don't know when we will die. We do not know. But what we know is, if we have a chance to do something good, we might not get it again. So do it ASAP. And that is my advice to you and myself as well. You know, sometimes I do the same thing. Sometimes I'll be like, inshallah, I'll pay this later. Inshallah, I'll take care of this later when it comes to the hereafter. And it's wrong. I'm a, You know, it's wrong. And I'm admitting this, that we do that sometimes. I do this. My friends do that. You know, my wife does this. My, I, I know a lot of people. And we, it's good to realize it and try to not do it again. You know, and that's why we're talking about this here and today, inshallah. Also, uh, the, the, the tool number four that he uses is promising us false promises. And the biggest, the biggest promise is you're Muslim, you're going to go to Jannah eventually, so don't worry about anything else. You know how many times I hear people saying this, well, we're Muslims, we're going to go eventually to Jannah, khalas, inshallah. Yeah, but what about spending thousands of years probably in hellfire before you go to Jannah eventually? Are you okay with that? And that's what shaitan does. Shaitan gives you the promise. You're going to go to Jannah eventually, khalas. You don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to be to worry about you know praying every day. You said la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, you're good to go. Yeah, but that's look at this. That promise or that you know that promise that he made you is false because guess what? Yes, we will eventually go to Jannah, but he always, always uh, fails to bring up or to remind us with the time that we will spend in hellfire. The time that we will spend in hellfire. It could be up to thousand years. You could spend literally thousands of years. Again, the timing in the hereafter will be completely different from the timing here. Literally thousands of years until you eventually go to paradise. Are you going to be able to take it? A couple of thousand years and not even a couple of days in hellfire? Do not fall for that false promise. You know, shaitan will always play your game. Just to sum it up. If you're arrogant, he's going to come to you from that. If you love money, he's going to come to you from that. 
If you love, you know, if you have sexual desires, he's going to come to you from that. If you, if families ever think to you, trust me, he'll, even though it's a halal thing, right? He's going to come to you from that. If fame is your thing, he'll come to you from that. He plays our game. My dear brothers and sisters, shaitan plays our game. So how do we beat him? How do we fight against such thing? Well, I always promoted this. And I will always promote it until the day Allah, you know, decides that it's, you know, the day I die. Knowledge is the number one weapon, the most dangerous weapon against Satan and against anyone, against any enemy, by the way, not just Satan. Knowledge is so critical, so powerful. It's, in my opinion, and I think the Prophet also said something like this, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, actually, yeah, it is. It's not even just my opinion now. I mean, I just didn't realize that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet said what about those who seek knowledge? That everything, everything in terms of like, everything that Allah created, like trees, animals, actually praise those people who are, of course, with sincerity, are seeking the knowledge of Allah's, you know, commands and Allah's religion. And seeking that type of knowledge. Now, seeking knowledge in general is good, but I'm talking about the ones that Allah is saying that everything, everything, there's a hadith by the Prophet, which is coming from Allah. Everything praises Talibul Ilm, those who seek knowledge. Now, the knowledge when it comes to the religion. You know, everything. Hear this out. This is a very beautiful hadith. One knowledgeable faqih. One knowledgeable. I don't want to say scholar because scholar in today's world is like, might be interpreted as like our official scholars. No. Someone who is knowledgeable. Right? The Prophet say, a person with knowledge is far worse against shaitan than a thousand worshiper. Can you imagine such a beautiful hadith? If you gather a thousand worshippers against shaitan, there will be nothing compared to one knowledgeable person. So if the thousand worshippers now, we're talking about if they were not knowledgeable, those who do not have knowledge, they just worship Allah and that's all they know. That's what I mean. Like those are the types of worshippers I'm talking about. But one worshipper with knowledge is more powerful than a thousand without knowledge. You have to understand this. The more you know about your enemy and their methods, that's why we mentioned the methods again. And I, I know I said more stuff in this episode because it's befitting that you need to learn about your enemy. This is goes in all the books of like strategies and wars and whatever. You need to learn about your enemy. That's what they're doing with us. We are their enemy. They sit down. We cannot see them. They strategize by learning about us, learning our methods, learning our weaknesses. And that's what we need to know. That's what we need to know about them as well. Now, we cannot see them, but Allah gave us the tools. Allah gave us the knowledge. See, the knowledge. How can we beat them? Allah gave us that. We don't need to see them to be able to beat them or to be able to even fight them. You know, we don't need to see them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is, again, this goes on everything. To know, to, to, to win the war against your enemy you need to learn about them. You need to learn their weaknesses. You need to have knowledge on how to beat them. So knowledge is ultimately, and there is no by miles, the most powerful weapon against any enemy. And like we mentioned before, you know, your our hearts, because Satan wants to cl- eventually control our hearts, right? That's This is when it gets dark and when it gets, you know, bright and pure. So like, like I said, our hearts are in a fortress and the one of the guards or the main guards are ourselves, our nafs, that could be easily manipulated by shaitan because they are inclined to do evil as well. So if they can control the guards, they can break into the for- fortress, right? They can basically take over the hearts. And once shaitan takes over our hearts, it's, it's, it's done. It's going to be very difficult to get them out of our hearts you know because now we become loving sins and, and doing all these things without even realizing it you know and we mentioned this in detail before uh and, and you know uh um and at the end of the day controlling our nafs is critical to control the whispers of shaitan and 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 again we had 
Um, I think I talked about this twice. One when we talked about the latest episode regarding Ramadan and one when we talked about Shaitan as well. Now, also, so that is number one. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Now, with knowledge, because you have to understand, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the remembering Allah, Allah's remembrance, why is it not number one? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who told us so. Because how would you know how to remember Allah and what exactly to say if you didn't have knowledge? Do you understand this? So don't think that remembering Allah is 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 not a, a high priority or being you know diminished by uh, uh, you know knowledge or no no it's you will never know how to remember Allah what exactly to say you wouldn't even know that remembering Allah will protect you unless you have knowledge that's what I mean knowledge is critical to know the rest. وَإِنَّمَا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغٌ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمِ In the chapter of Fusilat, verse number 36, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you, shaitan will try to ruin your heart. We're trying to attack you mentally, physically. You know, there are methods. فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ Allah is saying, so seek refuge in Allah's name. فَإِنَّهُ Allah is the ultimate listener and he's the ultimate knower. He knows and he listens. He basically Allah knows what you're, you know, when you are trying to seek His help, Allah will give you protection. And we mentioned before we should, you know, remember Allah Subhanahu wa Taala when we walk into before we walk into our houses, before we eat, before we go to the bathroom, before we, you know, once we get angry, you know, we mentioned that so Shaitan wouldn't control us and all these things. So we, we again, and this is not. I'm not trying to repeat what I said. You already know, and you can go back to the I think previous two episodes or something. But again, we need to know now that remembering Allah is critical for us to fight against Shaitan. The third tool, you know, that we can use against Shaitan or to fight against Shaitan is to follow the Quran and the Sunnah. You know, is and I'm gonna say this again: Islam is not just the Quran. This is based on Allah. This is based on the Quran itself. Hear Allah, obey Allah, and obey His Messenger. Whatever Prophet Muhammad told you to do, you have to do. This is in the Quran. And whenever He told you not to do, do not do. Directly from you know the Quran. So those who think Islam is just following the Quran and the Sunnah is not necessary, that is. 100% false. Now an example of following, you know, the importance of following the sunnah is for example, for example. And this is something unfortunately uh, we stopped doing and it's one of like the most confirmed sunnahs when we're praying in congregation. So when we're praying in congregation, like in in jama'ah, you know, a lot of people are praying together in a mosque or even, you know, in in, in someone's house or in, in any place, congregation prayers in general. Uh the, the the men and the women who are standing right next to each other should touch like the toes should touch so when you're standing your your feet must be touching the feet of the two people next to you if you're you know standing in between two two people so your feet should be you know touching you know both sides you know both feet of the people next to you uh, and this is a sunnah and 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 one of the the reasons why it's a sunnah the prophet said Shaitan, if you do not fill in the gaps between one another, whether you know you're standing, you're, you are a male standing with the men, or you're a female standing with the women, when you do not fill the gaps, Shaitan fills those gaps like locust. Can you imagine? Shaitan, and 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 here's the the, the beauty of it: when you are. Because a lot of people, and, and, and especially, there's a lot of communities who don't do that. Like I go to pray and then I literally, you know, um, extend my feet to touch, to make it, based on the sunnah, to make it touch the person next to me. And they literally take their feet away as if, uh, like, don't touch me kind of thing. And I'm like, you guys don't know the sunnah in my head, of course. Right? And sometimes when it's, you know, when I see that the setting is, is appropriate, I actually t- try to educate people. Like, you know, that this is the sunnah. The Prophet commanded us to do so, to fill in the gaps. But you guys are standing, and part of it is the unity of the Muslims. You're touching your fellow Muslim in terms of unity. That's your brother, and for the ladies, that is your sister right there. There's no problem, there's no weirdness about, you know, touching each other's feet. It's not like you're, you know, playing, you know, footsie or whatever. You're literally standing in the house of Allah, praying, but you're touching one another in appropriate manner, 
right? To show unity. Once this breaks, shaitan stands in the middle, literally and figuratively. Also, if you think about it, shaitan wants to break the unity between the Muslims. And that's one of the forms. When you're afraid to come near your fellow Muslim, shaitan always in the middle. Because now you're weird. I don't want to touch that person. I don't want to come near them for any reason, right? So that is one of the things that if we follow the sunnah, if we know what the sunnah, we can fight shaitan. The Prophet said, fill in the gaps when you're standing in congregation, when you're praying in congregation, because if you don't, shaitan will fill them. You know? And again, one of the things, and this is, again, this is the, the benefits of knowing the sunnah. When you're reciting Quran and there are something called the sajda verses, there will be verses that will end with something called the sajda, the sujood, you know, when we do sujood. And they have like a, a very specific shape in the Quran. Once we come across this, you have to leave everything. You have to put the Quran on the side, or if, you, if you're reciting from your brain, whatever you're holding, if you're sitting in the masjid, or if you're sitting at home, whatever, as soon as you hear the verse of the sajda, you go and prostrate right away. One prostration. You know, say, subhanahu rabbil ala, subhanahu rabbil ala, subhanahu rabbil ala, and stand up. One sajda. You have to do one sujood. I don't know if, if any of you knew this, but there are something called the sajda pause, in the Quran, there are multiple of them. You know, once you come across it, you know, once you recite it, you have to leave everything, go do one sujood and stand up. And when you do that, this is one of the ultimate humiliations for shaitan. Why? Because shaitan, and again, they all recognize what Satan does and did. I mean, they are his followers. They know that he refused to prostrate when Allah asked him to prostrate. Now, the prostration was different. So it was different. It was because to prostrate to Adam out of respect, but prostration is prostration because it was a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we prostrate, we humiliate the shaitan because they refused to prostrate when Allah asked them to. Or I'm talking about Satan, but again, they are his followers. So they feel the same, the same way. So they become humiliated. Like and, and this is the hadith by the Prophet who said, like the hadith said, that when you read the sajda, when you come across the sajda point, and then you do sujood, shaitan literally actually cries out of humiliation, and he said, "What? Ya wailu, umir abni Adam bi The son of Adam, the human being, the child, the child of Adam, was commanded to do sujood in the verse, whatever the verse he's reading or her she's reading. They did sujood. And for that, they will enter Jannah. And I was, or again, Satan was commanded to do sujood. And they said no. And I said no. Or Satan said no. Then my destiny will be hellfire. Now, some of you might say, what? so if he knows that, why wouldn't he just do sujood and repent? Well, because like I said, what is the number one? Yes, he realized what he did, but he's arrogant. That's not the number one feature that Satan has in his followers, arrogance. And number two, despair. They are despair. They despair from Allah's mercy. They don't want it anymore because they believe that they're beyond it. You know? So when you do that, again, it, you humiliate shaitan. Another thing that you can hu humiliate shaitan is when you're in, in doing, the, uh, you know, while doing the tashahud, during prayers, and you lift your finger, your index. I, I said this before. It's sharper than a sword. Sharper than a sword. The Prophet said, That's a hadith right there. That, that index is far more dangerous against shaitan than a metal sword. You know? Another thing that we can use to fight against shaitan, another tool is unity between Muslims. Shaitan will find it very hard to influence a group of believers. It's easier for him to influence individuals, by the way. And that's how he does it. But when we are a group of unity, when we are always together, when we do not, when we encourage each other to do something good, to enjoy halal and forbid haram, shaitan finds it hard to penetrate that unity. And that's why, again, the Prophet said, The Muslims, all of the Muslims around the world, all the ethnicities, it doesn't matter, 
where you come from, this, the color of your skin. None of that matter. If you're a Muslim, you should be, all the Muslims should be one body. Like a one body. If one part, meaning one Muslim or a group of Muslims, are hurt, the rest of the body aches. Do you understand? We should be like one body that if one of us is hurting, the rest will feel the ache and will go to help. Also, we need to understand that extravagance, another thing is, is from shaitan. Shaitan will make you extravagant so you don't, like, for example, like I said, when you're extravagant, you don't have enough money to do charity. When you're extravagant, you do a lot of things that are unnecessary so you don't have money for the actual necessary stuff like paying charity, paying sadaqah. Look at this. Those who are extravagant. This is in the chapter of Isra, verse number 27. The extravagance, those who use their money in, in a very irrational way, they, they, they spend so much money on unnecessary stuff, are siblings to the shayateen. Ikhwan shayateen. Siblings to the shayateen. وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِرَبِّهِ kafura. And shaitan disbelieved in Allah. Because you're following shaitan's methods, you become their sibling. But also don't be stingy. There's, you know, that, that's not an invitation for you to be, you know, cheap and no, moderate. A Muslim should be moderate in everything. You know, pay what's necessary, pay money to, you know, enjoy in a very reasonable way with your family. You know, you can go on a trip, you can do this and that while you're paying your zakah, while you're doing your due towards Islam and the Muslims and all these things, right? There's nothing wrong with spending money. But extravagance is a very bad habit. And we should not, as Muslims, you know, uh, become extravagant. Also, another thing, and, 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 you know, like when you're yawning, this is another thing. When you're yawning, try to hold your yawn. Try to actually prevent yourself from yawning. You can you can do it. Or worst case scenario, if you cannot do it, cover your mouth. Because shaitan laughs at how we look. And we, we again, I mentioned this before. But again, these are now things that we need to be aware of. It all stems from that knowledge thing that I said. Right? Cover your mouth or try to actually hold your yawn. Because shaitan looks at it and he, they just make fun of you. Again, not a big deal, but they still make fun of you. Now, another thing is, and this is very interesting. When something happens, do not blame it on shaitan. What? Yeah. So when something bad happens, don't be like, damn it, shaitan made me do this. Oh, damn you, shaitan. Yeah, it's all because of shaitan. Do you know why? Because when you, even though you're mentioning shaitan in a negative way, you actually make shaitan so fulfilled so happy that you're blaming something on him because again like they want to be you know the center of attention that they actually grow to be the size of a house of a big house can you imagine this is a hadith by the prophet do not blame things on shaitan and say damn shaitan oh shaitan did this because when you say that even though you're saying it negatively to him it's praise and they physically, imagine this like in, you know, in a fantasy movie, but it's again, reality. But I'm just trying to get your imagination going. That shaitan grows literally like the genie in Aladdin, for example, right? They grow so big as if they become the size of a big house when you blame something negative on them. Because again, it fulfills their, you know, their arrogance. Instead, say Bismillah. So when something bad happens, say, oh, Bismillah. Bismillah, inshallah, I'm going to fix this. Bismillah, oh, this happened. Bismillah. When you say Bismillah, and instead of shaitan growing and you know becoming huge, shaitan actually size will actually shrink to the size of an ant. It's the opposite. Because you blamed it on what? Your own shortcomings, and you are now seeking help with Allah's name. Bismillah. By the name of Allah, this happened. Inshallah, will never happen again. Very tricky, right? It's very interesting, subhanAllah. And again, that's what knowledge gives you. That's how we fight shaitan. Um, also, be careful, and this is, in our times, it's very important. Be careful while arguing with you know, another Muslim. Shaitan will try to cause a fight between both of you. So how do we, you know, to deal with this? How to make shaitan not come between us and try to cause problems? Number one, do not leave 
uh, a chance to to you know the fellow Muslim to suspect you in something. So explain yourself, basically. You know, if if you're doing something shady and you you you're not doing anything bad, but it looks shady, explain yourself. You're actually supposed to, as a Muslim, to explain yourself if there's something vague about an action you've done towards another Muslim. That's number one. Number two, you yourself give 70, Zahadid by the Prophet give 70 excuses to another Muslim if they do something to you that it's quite unexplained. So if someone does something that seems to be bad, but you don't know, you didn't verify from them yet, give him 70 excuses. Can you imagine? It shows tolerance in terms of dealing with one another. So if you are the one who is accusing, give 70 excuses. If you're the one who's being accused, explain yourself. See how it goes both ways. And you will have a healthy conversation and a healthy argument. So there are things to, you know, healthy ways to have a conversation and to argue. You know, don't get angry. Give excuses and explain yourself. You know, you want the relationship to be pure between one another. That's what you're supposed to do. Now, another tool is repent. Keep repenting and seeking Allah's forgiveness. This is something that, like we said, shaitan doesn't do. They, they gave up on doing. But if you do it, you're fighting shaitan every time. And, and this is what Allah told Satan, right? If they ask for my forgiveness, I'm going to give it to them. So keep asking for Allah's forgiveness. Repent, repent. Say, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Oh Allah, forgive me. Oh Allah, forgive me. All the time. And mean it. All the time. You know, and we said that the day of Arafah is the worst day for Satan and his followers. Why? Because Allah keeps forgiving tons of people. Imagine, he keeps on tempting you, tries to make you sin. Let's say you sinned, let's say you didn't sometimes, but for those sins, you ask Allah for forgiveness. Guess what happens? Allah forgives you. The work of shaitan has been undone. Everything they tried with you is Allah forgave. Khalas, that's it, done. You know? So it becomes humiliating uh, for shaitan when, when we, you know, seek Allah's forgiveness. And another important thing, and, and this is really... Um, also related to our times now. Occupy yourself with remembering Allah and obeying Allah. Otherwise, yourself will occupy you with disobeying Him. It's a fact. It's a simple formula. You know, if you spend your time obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, doing good deeds, trying your best, just, just try to do good things, read Quran, learn about Islam, you know, listen to podcasts or even watch YouTube videos, occupy yourself. Even, you know, do something beneficial in the house. Do something beneficial for people. Do good deeds. If you don't do that, when you're sitting, doing nothing, being bored, shaitan will come to yourself and say, hey, you want to have some fun? And of course, that equals sins. Then yourself will now occupy you because of shaitan's whispers to do something evil. So always keep busy. And again, we know ourselves. If you know that you're weak and you can, it, it's easy for you to commit sins, guess what? Be busy. Get busy. Get busy. Do not you know, leave a chance for yourself to listen to shaitan because that's how the game goes. You're bored. Yourself is bored. Shaitan comes. It's easy for yourself to listen to shaitan. And then it's easy for yourself to convince you to do something that's haram or something that is sinful. You know, and this is inshallah we're going to end with this. No matter what happens in our lives, you know, no matter how much uh, shaitan and his followers uh, plot against us, note that Allah is the ultimate protection. Allah is our protection against shaitan, against his whispers, against possession, against every evil thing that shaitan could do to us. Like for example, when you leave your house and you say, "La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah," tawakkaltu ala Allah. You say, "Oh Allah, I rely on Allah." Tawakkaltu ala Allah. I put my reliance on Allah. And there is no power. No one has power except for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. There is no power unless it comes from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And you leave your house. You know what happens? The Prophet said in hadith, إِذَا خَرَجَ الرَّضُلُ مِنْ بَيْتِهِ فَقَالَ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ فَيُقَالُ لَهُ Look, حَزْبُكَ قَدْ هَدَيْتَ وَكُفِيتَ وَوُقِيتَ An angel comes 
and will tell you, don't worry, Allah got your back. You will be protected, you will be guided. And again, this is if you say this every time you leave your house, with the intention, with the right intention, with sincerity, then look at this. Two of the shaitans, two of the devils, are probably in a neighborhood waiting for any human to come out of their house so they can follow you, whisper to you, do good, to do bad things. This is not your companion. These are also like the same thing with angels. You have the companion of the good angels, but you have angels who protect you and help you throughout your day. Same thing. Two shaitans will talk to each other. They're about to come and start whispering at you and, and you know, whispering to you and trying to convince you. But then when you say that, one shaitan will tell the other. So one shaitan will come, still come to try to, you know, uh, try to manipulate you and tempt you. The other shaitan will be like, wait, wait, where are you going? How, look at this, how would you affect someone who is guided, protected, and being taken care of by Allah? Because they will hear the angel. When the angel tells you, you are protected, you're being guided, and you're being, don't worry, Allah got your back. One shaitan will tell the other, wait, wait, wait you're going to try to, conv- this guy is already protected, we're good, let's find someone else. This is a hadith by the Prophet Knowledge is power. Now you know when you leave the house, you say, Oh, I rely on Allah, and there is no power and no might without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say this every time you leave the house. Wallahi, I do it, alhamdulillah, Allah bless me that I remember this, uh, uh, you know, alongside with the morning athkar. I always say, you know, on my way to work in, in my car. So please, it's a very simple dua. Um, and here is, uh, and, and this is uh, basically uh, another dua that you would say that has so many benefits. And this is, inshallah, you know, uh, this is how we're going to end this. It's a beautiful dua and it's a hadith by the Prophet who said, If you say, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir, a hundred times a day. Look at this. So you say, La ilaha illallah, this is the, the, the shahada. La ilaha illallah. Wahdahu la sharika la. He's the only one who has no companions. Lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamd. He has the ultimate kingdom and dominion and ultimate, you know, thanks and, and you know, hamd. Wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. And he is capable of anything. This is all talking about Allah. If you say this a hundred times in a day, look at this. It, 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 it is equal to Freeing 10 slaves It's as if you freed 10 slaves And by the way in Islam For those of you who do not know Freeing slaves used to be Even back in the day If you free a slave It has so many rewards In the sight of Allah It's big in the sight of Allah It's big in the sight of Allah If you free a slave So imagine You say this a hundred times It's as if you freed uh, You know uh, 10 slaves That's number one it's not, not done yet. Number two, you will be rewarded a hundred good deeds. So for every time you say it, you are rewarded a hundred good deeds. And hundred sins will be erased from your book. So hundred good deeds added, hundred sins erased. And it will protect you from shaitan throughout the whole day until, you know, the day ends. Again, some people might think this is too much. But at the end of the day, it's how much you want to be protected from shaitan and the evil jinn and how much do you want to gain rewards. It's all about the will. You know, you say, la ilaha illallah, and, and, and it's not mandatory. Again, don't get me wrong. It's, none of this is mandatory. But don't you want to pile up good deeds and, and take away from your sins and be protected from shaitan? Allah is giving you all the tools. So don't say that Allah is not, you know, because jinn, can see us and we cannot see them that this is not a fair game. This is more than fair game. Allah is giving you all the tools that you don't actually have to see the jinn to use to fight them and win, you know, that war that's between us. Simple. So I hope that this series, you know, was, uh, you know, helpful in terms of like understanding uh, the difference between the good jinn the bad ones, 
and you know to understand our invisible enemy that's what i call the invisible enemy and how to be you know protected from them physically mentally spiritually all you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us all the tools all the knowledge to be protected from them uh, because allah at the end of the day said what to, to satan you have no control over my slaves and we all know that the slaves of allah are the believers being slave to Allah is the best type of slavery. It's the it's only positive. Only positive. So thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.